0: Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick, and this afternoon I have with me James Browning of Alfa Romeo, who is, and I hope I've got this right, the brand ambassador for GTA and GTAM. Good afternoon, James.
1: That's me, Guy. Yes, that that's me.
0: So I, I guess the, the obvious first question is, what what does a GTA, GTAM brand ambassador do exactly?
1: Um, great, great question. So... Clearly, you know the the product and coming to market with it, it was clear from the offset that you know our approach in terms of the sales journey for customers was going to be very very different from that of, of any other um, Alfa Romeo. I mean, the the process is is, is pretty similar to H C, and I think because of the the limited the limited run of cars, you know, the fact that it was five hundred cars worldwide. The fact that you know the, the, this type of car is, is is you know it's it's the most expensive, the most kind of uh, powerful Alfa Romeo that we've ever sold, and it was it was built to celebrate 110 years, and it, it was a you know as I, th- I think it was it said from from Hu perspective, a present to the Alfisti. So it was only right that it was kind of managed differently to to, to other kind of products that we have within within their portfolio. The That's not to say that the network couldn't have managed this at all, and but because it's such a special car, we want to put a special and bespoke process in place. So. My responsibility as as GTA brand ambassador is, is essentially the the whole kind of sales process, you know, uh, handover, realization of kind of all of the, the the programs and all of the pieces of the jigsaw that make up kind of bringing this kind of to market kind of reality. So from initial inquiry to first conversation with customers to those customers that have opted to purchase, to then take them through the kind of you know the contract phase, the kind of delivery lead time, you know, go through the spec going through the options going through the detail of the car and, and understanding in, in really fine detail the elements of gta and gtam i'm not saying i know everything but you know i've been asked some 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 really really um uh kind of out there questions and been able to kind of find out and answer them so as a kind of portal from from a gta perspective to be the the gta guy for whatever better to be on hand to kind of guide customers through the, through the purchase channel. Okay.
0: We'll, we'll come back and, and, and maybe ask you some questions you can't answer later. Uh, How did you get to that point? So what kind of roles had you done
1: before you took over as the brand ambassador? Within kind of scientists or FCA group or Viet group, also, as it was my first joined, I started off the business on the after sale side. So initially I started off on the trade parts program, Club, Club of Candy, and was heavily involved in implement, implementation of that program. That's really what kind of started me on my Alpha Now journey. I used to go and see a lot of specialists all around the country, and then moved into a, a more kind of generic after-sales role, parts and service, across all brands, and then moved into the the sales arena from a manufacturer perspective as a zone manager for, for Alpha Romeo and G. And then that's just kind of led me on to, to where I am now as, as brand ambassador for GTA and GTAM. So it's been quite an organic journey, as it were. I'm a petrolhead. I, you know, I'm, I'm a car guy through and through, you know, my, my passion is cars and, and he's uh, definitely within Alfa Romeo. So I'm hoping that that, that was the reason why uh, why I was asked if I was interested in this project, because, you know, if a car could have been designed for me, it's not far off for GTA.
0: Yeah, I guess as this is an owner's club podcast, the, the other question that I have to ask you is is,
1: are you a, or have you ever been an Alfa Romeo owner? Yes. Yeah, yes, yes and no. Obviously, I've had company cars. And then, they, you know, joining the company was, was the first thing that kind of got me into Alfa Romeo. And, you know, during my after sales, I was with a dealer whose son raced in the Alfa Romeo Championship. James Bishop, Martin Bishop with his dad, was his dad that I worked, worked for. And my first kind of drive of an Alfa Romeo that wasn't a company car was uh, was a 156 Twin Spark race car, a Hatch, on a on a bleak October afternoon. And I was blown away. And so I actually ended up buying a race car and I raced in the Alfa Romeo Championship for four years. So I have owned an Alfa Romeo race car, but I've not owned an Alfa Romeo road car, apart from company cars, obviously. Any that you would like to have owned? Um, well, road cars. Mm. I love the sound of the Buso V6. I, I I wouldn't really care what it was in, but that that engine to me, the sound of it when you hear it, you know, going going past the full chat is is phenomenal. I have a I have a weird kind of taste when it comes to cars, so I like I like cars from the eighties and nineties. That's that's my thing, you know. I'm not really a huge fan of, of of kind of you know that kind of really beautiful curved lines. I like boxy cars. I love the one five five touring car from you know back in the nineties. A one five five Silverstone would be amazing. The cars that I've had in company cars and stuff, my favorite car. 100%. I had a 159 Ti 1750 TBI. I remember I picked it up. I hadn't been with the company that long. And I op- opened it, got in it. I was in our sales at the time, so I wasn't familiar with the product. And the carpet mats blew me away. <laughs> so I remember I used to drive that car. I used to drive that car, and I, in, I, would, I would wear no shoes and socks because like the, 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 the carpet mats. Like, there was was flaws on the car and stuff, but I love that car to pieces. And if there's one car that I could have kept as a company car, hands down, it's that car mostly down to the car mats, which I know is a bit of a weird thing. But yeah, I
0: just, yeah, I, I love that car. Mats can be important. I, I decided to buy my second 939 Spider about three years ago now. And I had a shortlist that it had to be red or Misano blue. Okay. And found a Misano blue one. And when I spoke to the owner, he said the interior was blue and orange, which almost put me off instantly. <laughs> And and it turned out to be it's I think it's blue and tobacco officially, and it, okay. it's actually not nearly as bad as it sounds. But the car mats that he'd managed to source were indeed bright blue and bright orange. <laughs> they don't match at all, and I was just so relieved that the car wasn't the same colour as the mats.
1: I think, but I think what's 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 really cool is you know you talk about that, and you know I had a, I had a Judy that was white with it with a tan interior, and we talk about these kind of colour combinations. And I think that. Any other kind of m- manufacturer, I don't necessarily think it would work. It doesn't, it doesn't work in my head, but something about Alfa Romeo where you can have that, you can be kind of unique and individual with with the color combinations. I think it really works.
0: I also like the fact they do the opposite. So you you'll you'll get a, a brochure, and there'll be a list of color combinations you can't have because somebody in Italy has decided that that's just beyond taste and nobody should yeah. ever have. Whatever the combination is that they decided you yeah, can't yeah. have. It doesn't matter how nicely you ask, you're not having it because it, <laughs> it would offend the designer. I think it's great. So
1: back, back to GTA. Wh- when did you first mm. get involved? So right at the offset. So it would have been around kind of March time last year. So just as the car was getting launched uh, at the uh, virtual Geneva Motor Show. And obviously, there was the the prototype car that was done and photographed and filmed. And, and obviously, that launch was done virtually in the end, as opposed to physical because of COVID and lockdown and all that kind of stuff. So that was my kind of first introduction to the car was the video that kind of everyone else saw that we released online was, was you know, I saw it the same with everyone else. And then from that, then my involvement in the, in the project, you know, kind of steamrolled on, on from there in terms of understanding the car, you know, moving forward. Because the project, you know, has... With with lockdown and COVID and stuff, you know, has benefited greatly because of it. Because it meant that you know we had more time to develop the car from an R and D perspective and tweak and change and enhance things that may have otherwise not not maybe been done. And being involved in that and and, and kind of understanding the tweaks and the changes, whether it be you know the liveries or from a performance standpoint or you know material usage or whatever, you know, being involved in that. I mean, I'm not making any of the, any of the decisions, but kind of having that information to be able to then discuss that with. You know, with, with customers and, and retailers and anyone that wanted to know was, was, was a really strong part of the, the, the early stages. And then, yeah, obviously we started to to kind of inquiries and then it was a case of going through and contacting yeah, each of them and just kind of finding out, you know, if the car was right, right for them, you know, questions, queries, kind of where they were in terms of their purchase journey and, and kind of going from there and then all the while understanding, you know, allocation for UK, UK spec, you know, pricing, getting paperwork and all the kind of Less exciting stuff done as well in the background, and then up to kind of where we are today, where you know we've had car at Goodwood, and we obviously had it going up the hill. I was lucky enough to drive drive GTA up the hill at the Festival Speed, which was mega. Obviously, we had a, we had a, an event I'm on the tracks to invite customers to come and to come and drive, and you know more recently. The, the ability to kind of give customers, those that, are, that could be sold out now, the customers that have ordered a car, the opportunity to drive car on road ahead of, ahead of their collection, just to kind of familiarise themselves with the car. So, yeah, that's a very compressed kind of journey that I've done with the car. Yeah, everybody talks about
0: the 500 number. Is it really 500 or is it 499? Who's, who's going to get car number 320, which I, I think must be the highest mileage GTAM on the
1: build list? It is 500, it's 500 cars built. So in actual fact, in total, including the prototype, there's 501. So the original red uh, prototype that we had at Garsington, I think you came to that event, Guy. Which was number zero. Zero, zero, zero. Yeah. So that is the 501st car, if you like. But really, that was a development car that that, that was used with Sauber and the wind tunnel and you know, a lot of the aerodynamic pieces were tested on that car. So it wasn't really a finished product, besides. but all of the, you know, there are, we haven't built 500 and then another 20 for whatever else, you know, the, the, the cars that we've used as uh, central demonstrators or the cars we used at Goodwood or to go up the hill or the cars we have with test, you know, that we've used globally or European-wide as, as demonstrate are within that 500. So you know the, the car that, 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 that you're talking about yeah that, that we've had in the UK is obviously been utilised but it is it is part of the 500. I think it's important. to if we if we number a car out of 500 right now it doesn't matter but in 2034 40, 50 beyond years time you know all of these cars will there'll be history behind them. So it's important that we don't add on to that to to, to kind of view the number or or to, to to misinterpret the 500. You know what's interesting for me and in, in later light and I hope I hope I'm around to see it, is kind of where all these cars ended up. You know, whether it's a car that was sold in Belgium or whatever, or a UK car or car where it might be worldwide, kind of see what happens to it because I'm very conscious that the here and now, you know, it's all it's a hugely exciting, amazing car. But as we know, Alpha's full of history and, and and this is a huge part of Alpha Romeo's history moving forward. So it's exciting to see where that ends. So it's important that the five hundred cars are five hundred, A, they're all built and B they're all sold and, and we didn't build any more than five hundred.
0: It's something that I'm I'm always slightly baffled by. But I know amongst—I uh, suspect all brands, but certainly amongst the Alpha owners, there is a certain cachet of of tracking down and owning an express car. You mm-hmm. know, we quite often see people chatting on the forum about the fact that they they found this car and they thought they recognised the registration number and they looked it up and they they found it in lots of car magazines and they're really excited about the fact that they've got a car that was thrashed to within an inch of its life by idiots like me for six months. <laughs>
1: Very well looked after, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Obviously, yeah. And I think it's it's the provenance that car has because you know if you if you have a car that has you know appeared in magazines, been on TV, you know, been reviewed, you know, it, it there's the, that's part of the history of that car, which is you know is it, a very romantic way of looking at it, and not not necessarily practical because it's done a lot of miles or a lot of hard miles on track. You know, I think as you say, from from now from a perspective given the brand and you know the the, the passion that owners have building that portfolio of, of history of the car is hugely important you know and, I, and I, I I'd be the same and I'd want to you know keep all of the cuttings of all the reviews and all this kind of stuff so that you know in, in years to come depending what I, if I had the car what I would do with it it kind of there's a story with it and I think that buying this type of car GTA or GTA you know it's no one no one no one needs this kind of car but it's not you know okay everyone needs needs a form of mobility to get to work take the kids to school go and get a like a dropping all, all, all of which you can do in gta by the way <laughs> it, you know it, it's that instinct that you want something you know even when we're a kid and you know we're looking at the cars you know we we have you know lamborghinis fries or from on our bedroom or not other less less maybe uh kind of exotic exotic cars so there is a there is a connection with it with, with, with this although it is a four wheels and some metal and some rubber but there is there is a connection and so you kind of want to have build that connection understand the, the journey this this car's been on and certainly if it's a, you know an older car or well, car if you bought secondhand, it's certainly something this special. I think it's a very, very alpha male thing. Very, and I'm sure it's the same with other brands, but certainly an alpha you know, From the customers that I've spoken to and the people I've spoken to, it's very clear that there's that, there's that, such a strong yeah, passion for the brand.
0: And I think it's probably probably only reasonable to say that although you can take the kids to school in the GTA, we probably wouldn't endorse taking them to school in a GTA-M unless you're strapping them to the roll cage.
1: Yeah yeah I, I, I don't I, the legalities of that I don't think but
0: um, uh. <laughs> the, the nets over the helmet recesses
1: are probably not enough to constrain a child I wouldn't have thought no not not quite small enough maybe to fit their bum in but that's about it
0: one of the things that there was a lot of fuss made of uh, uh, around the time of the launch and I've not seen anything about since was it was the liveries that you mentioned earlier on. So th- did they remain available and did anybody order them? Yeah.
1: So initially when we came out with options and colors and schemes and everything else, I think there was nine liveries available. So at that point in time, when we had deliveries, it was, okay, this is what we want to do. And kind of you know rendered the deliveries to see, okay, this is, this is how they'll look. So what happened is we went through the process and started to, to kind of build build cars and, and build the process to build the cars because you know the, the way that GTA and GTAM are built are very different to a standard Julia on the production line. But what it became apparent is that for us to be able to get the level of quality on those liveries, some of the liveries that we had, we we wouldn't be able to do. Yes, we could have done them, but it wouldn't have been the standard that we wanted for a car like this. So in the end, we we fi- finish with five liveries, six liveries, sorry, six liveries, and yeah, they, they've been they've been relatively popular. I mean, when I say when I say that's it's, it's kind of relative, you know. In the in the in the UK, we have we have a, we have a handful globally. I'm not sure the numbers, but they were available, and I think that depending on how you're going to use the car, how you want the story to unfold with your journey with that car depends on whether it's a livery or whether it's red or green or white or whatever it might be. But there was a, certainly a lot of interest. But you know, again, we talk about the kind of if it's going to be a car that you're going to use every day to, you know, take the kids to school or whatever, a livery might not be suited. If it's a car that you want because, you know, you have you have an original Julia GTA with a similar livery, or you're going to use it on track or whatever it might be, then it then it makes it makes sense because it's. Part of the heritage of uh, air, those liveries, you know, off their cap to, to, to car, the, the original due GTAs from, from the 60s and 70s that had similar liveries on. So it makes sense. There is a history behind them. So yeah, the uptake, I think, was, was great. And still rare enough, I guess, to keep those cars special. I mean, listen, whichever colour or or, or or spec you have on GTA or GTA M, it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenally special car. Um, but the liveries is just a, a kind of final thing on them.
0: Yeah, just to endorse how special it is, when we had ours uh, for the day a couple of weeks ago, we'd just about finished for the day. We'd parked up, we were taking a few kind of finishing shots. And this kid came along, made 12 or 13 on a BMX and and came to a screeching halt next to us as he came past. And he said, is that the GTAM? Well, (laughs) say GTAM, he said, yeah, they've been on social media. I've been watching them for weeks. He said, I never thought I'd see one. And he was just absolutely thrilled to have seen it. Mm. And stood around for 15 minutes while we finished so he could hear it drive off because he'd seen the videos on YouTube okay. and he, you know, he he knew what it was and the sound that it would make. So I think the the buzz is definitely, definitely out there. I mean, maybe it's just me. If I was taking the kids to the school, I think I would have had one of the liveries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, not, there's, and also, there's not a lot of it, point it, if it's tucked up in a garage. Yeah, look, no, no, yeah, listen, and and you know, in the in the in the the sea of kind of black, silver and and, and white cars, you know, that, that are in any Supermarket car park with a livery. You know, you're never going to lose the car. No, absolutely not. You talked about the build process. Mm.
0: How much can you tell us about that? Because I know the the racing editions were kind of built and then shipped down to Salbury and Hinville for all the the carbon bits to be to be added. How, how does a GTA or GTAM get
1: built? So the uh, the the shell, if you like, the, the monocoque of the car is built in the same way as, as any other Julia on the robotized production line. For a couple of reasons, really. It's, it's the best way to build that part of the car. You know, the the, the way that the inter- integral structure of it and, and the way that the programming is done with the robots and all the rest of it, the, that robotized system works really well. So kind of why I change it? From that point is where it starts to become very, very different. So within the casino plant, there is a separate part of the factory, a separate production line that is away from the normal kind of julia stelvio line and the cars are taken in kind of batches of 10 to 15 at a time and it's 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 a relative static production line so the, the cars do move but you know they are done in batches at a time so it's not a, con- a continual production line like it would be on, on 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 julia and essentially all of the parts for each of the cards are in and and there. To be put onto them. Right. So whether that be the rear wing from Sauber, whether that be the, the, the you know the, the polycarbonate windows, you know the, the specific colour of calipers or the wheels or whatever you know. So each serial number, if you like, so you know number two eight eight or whatever it might be, has a list of parts and those components are in and they're, they're they're ready to fit onto that specific chassis. And those parts are all in purely and simply based on the, on, the, on the spec of the cars that we've sold. So it's the rest of the car essentially, apart from the shell, is, is put together by hand. So you know, it's not you know someone there with a with a with a with a half of the toolkit kind of putting together. There is still some some automated processes put in place, you know, to, to to move panels and all this kind of good stuff because it's a heavy heavy thing. But the the, the way it's actually placed and, and fitted, there is there is a, a huge amount of human interaction with the cars when they're being built. There is a specific team in the factory that are only. GTA. So they've been trained to build these cars. And it's a specific team to build those cars. So it's, you know, as long as if anyone from the production line can come in and and take over, there's a lot of things that happen with the car during the build process that is really quite specialized. So yeah, it's it's very different to a normal to a normal car. Then obviously it goes into the kind of quality control checks and, and the painting of the cars, which again is very different. You know, all of the badging on the car is is under the lacquer. So the Quadrifoglio badge, the 40th Clover, the, the Julia and GTAM logos on the back wall underneath the lacquer. So again, there's even different processes that have been put in place from a painting perspective. And then when you throw the liveries in as well, there's even more bespoke processes put in place to make sure that w- when the paint's applied, carbon fibre or, or aluminium or composite, you know, takes paint slightly differently. So the processes we've had to develop to paint the car have had to change to make sure when it comes out of the production line, it's absolutely perfect.
0: And given that we drove number 320, I assume they're not built in, in order of...
1: No, not in order in order of a serial number, no. So essentially, they're, they're built in the order in which customers ordered the cars. So first customer that ordered a car last year well, is the first customer that's now driving around on a car, and the last person to order... Be the last person to have the car. So yeah, the serial number doesn't make any relevance to when the car is built. Customers had the opportunity to choose which number out of five hundred they wanted. Okay. As we came towards the end of the process, clearly there was only a handful of numbers left. So although there was a limited amount of choice, it was limited because limited amount of numbers left. Yeah.
0: And in terms of the split of sales, what's the split between between GTA and GTAM? I
1: mean, as the, the, you probably expect this type of car, the majority of the cars are GTAMs, but certainly from a UK perspective, globally, I wouldn't be able to comment at this point. So around 65% of cars in the UK are GTAMs, and then the rest are a mix between GTA and then GTA with the aero kit. So the aero kit is essentially the GTAM rear spoiler, the the front splitter, and some tuning to the suspension as well because of the additional downfall.
0: And the split between UK and the rest of the world, how many did we end up getting? So... I
1: can't give you a final number. The reason I say that is because, you know, th- th- there could still be cancellations, there could still be a couple more cars that may drop in where other markets may have may have cancelled so it'd be unfair of me to give you give you, give you a, a number because I don't want to say a number and it and it being incorrect guys if that makes if that makes yeah. sense because it it's it's still a, a kind of moving moving beast. So until I've Delivered the final car in the UK, and every other car in in the world has been handed over. I can't give you a phone number. Okay,
0: but I'm I'm assuming it's nearer fifty than two hundred and fifty. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, yeah. Yes. So now all the orders are in. Um, what mm-hmm. what's your what's your involvement in the process now? Will you still be involved as cars are coming to be? handed over to
1: customers yes yeah, so the, the 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 both in the the sales journey and the after sales journey you know I'm, I'm i'm still heavily involved in in those things so i will personally be delivering all of the cars to customers and handing cars over you know going through them and certainly even going through you know and checking them and make sure everything's correct and right and obviously all the experience pack stuff so that you know they the helmet the race suit the boots the gloves that come was part of the car you know collating that with with hq as i say delivering the car but also working out from an after sales perspective you know what's what's the plan what's you know how the cars going to be serviced when they're going to be serviced who's going to be servicing them you know the the, the warranty the roadside assistance all of these kind of other, other elements that you know because of the type of car it is again is bespoke all need to be to be, to be, to be worked on and be finalized.
0: And have you had to have any um, any conversations with people around the time that they sold out to tell them that they were too late?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, which is uh, uh, obviously a, t- a tough conversation to have. But it, it all kind of happens relatively quickly, as, as as most of these things do. So, although we are sold out globally, you know, I have a, a waiting list of. of customers. So if an opportunity does come up where a car is available, whether it be cancellation or, or, or you know in, in the UK or another market, then the opportunity may arise for those customers to still be able to buy a car. And that list is ever growing. And you know, the inquiries that I receive on the car, although have slowed down, I still get I still get new inquiries every single week on the car, which is which is amazing. You know, that that even though we've we've sold out and we've sold out for some time, you know, there is still a demand for people who are wanting to get into
0: The other question I've 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 not seen addressed anywhere, and I'm quite surprised actually that I've not seen addressed. Are the UK cars right-hand drive or are they they all left-hand drive?
1: You have a choice of right-hand drive or left-hand drive when you order. So if you want left-hand drive, you can have it. But yeah, right-hand drive is is. is, I mean, I assume given
0: the build process that that would be be possible, but I guess that's a very small number of right-hand drive dashboards they're making, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, compared to the global number of five hundred, yeah, the, the the amount of right-hand drive cars is 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 obviously is is in the minority. But you know, it's it's important that certainly from a UK perspective, from a selfish perspective, you know, as I say, because we're from the UK, is that having a right, having a left-hand drive car, having as you've probably experienced, a left-hand drive GTA on on the UK road is, is is it takes a while to get used to. It does. I'm I'm very familiar with a lot of hedges in Oxfordshire. <laughs> Right-hand drive. I think if we didn't offer right-hand drive, I don't think we would have sold as many cars as we did. And I guess there is, yeah, there's, there's a big
0: alpha following in Japan and Australia and Mm. New Zealand. So I guess it's not just. Not just the UK cars, potentially.
1: No, so, so there's the, 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 the yeah, the right-hand driving, yeah, in, in Japan, as you say, and other other uh, countries in Asia. So, but again, even combined, you know, it's it's still nowhere near the the, the rest of the left-hand drive um, cars that we build. Yeah.
0: Uh, any idea what you're going to do next? Great, great question, guy. No,
1: I, no, I don't I mean at the moment. There's there's still a lot to, to 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 kind of accomplish on 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 the GTA project. It's important for me to deliver all of these cars, and I think that given how close Closely I've worked on this project for for yeah, you know, over over 18 months. I think that I'm the best person placed to be able to develop all of these processes and programs and everything around it so that when it, when customers in the UK start to take delivery of their car, everything is set up and ready. So when they when it comes to service, they need a tire change, they need whatever, there is a bespoke GTA process in place. So that there's no, there's no there's no problems from an ownership perspective. Because the whole point about this car is it is a driver's car, and you know we want we want people to drive the car. So to to, to, to try and promote that as much as possible, it's important that we have. That, that peace of mind aspect in the background, so that you know customers have got that, as I say, that peace of mind. So when they do start driving it, if they do get punctured, you know we, we've got them covered. Yeah, and
0: I know the press coverage of Quadrifoglio has been pretty much universally positive since since launch, but the the GTA GTA M coverage has taken that up to a, another level, and you've got people talking about you know describing it as you know, the the best sports saloon ever made. Mm-hmm. Given the given the acceleration to Hybrid and electric powertrains. I guess there's a chance it's going to be the best sports saloon that was ever made with an internal combustion engine.
1: Yeah, I th- listen, I think it's it's a it's a great point that you raise. You know, the the, the move to electrification and, and hybrid power for 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 all manufacturers is going to change the way that everyone buys cars and how everyone perceives cars. There will always be a, a demand for this type of car. You know, a really kind of special. Um, highly high performance, highly engineered car. But what that will look like in the future when, when we start talking about electric motors and, and hybrid, I think is is really interesting and really exciting. Because from from a, from an automotive perspective, when we talk about petrol power, and we talk about quadrifoglio, we talk about GTA. You know, this is. This is the ultimate Alfa Romeo. this is so far this is the ultimate Alfa Romeo so far in terms of w- what it does from from a driving perspective it's it, it, you know and, 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 and as you say about the reviews and, and 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 the widespread good press the cars had you know it just goes to show how when we put our, you know we could we can build phenomenal bits of kit and Quadrifoglio, as you say is, is an amazing car so to get that car and to make it as good as we made it with GTA is is amazing. So, the next kind of phase of cars and, 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 and electric, I do not doubt that Alfa Romeo will have in the future the best driving electric car on the market, but right here and here and there. I, I think there's a, there's a huge
0: opportunity in that I've, I've not seen an electric car yet that visually I've looked at and thought, oh, that's nice. Yeah, they, mm. they, they tend to be different for the sake of it and quite ungainly looking. But I, but I buy yeah. the instant torque and the, the low center gravity and all the other things that should m- make it possible to build a great driver's car from, from an electric platform. But then I just go back to your Busso comment and, you know, it, the car could be stunning looking and have all the torque in the world and, and, you know, fantastic weight distribution, but still going to sound like a milk
1: float. I think I think that'll improve. I think that I think that will change as technology evolves and and kind of people's tastes more and more. Certainly from a a car enthusiast perspective, you know the things that get the hairs on the back of our neck, kind of standing on edge is, is you know this, the 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 smell of the the smell of petrol and you know the, listening to the, the the fuel pump prime and you say the sound of the engine exhaust note and gear change, all this kind of amazing kind of stuff. So no, I, I have no doubt that you know moving forward with electric, that a lot of that will be replicated. It would be different. But you know, if you look at any kind of industry or anything that, in terms of products that we buy, that you you can see a, a, a gradual and, and, and quite se- a severe kind of enhancement to all of those things. And cars, cars are no different. But it's from a a, a car, and I think like I said, right from the front, of the off, you know, a car that you need versus the car you want. That, that want from a raw petrol power perspective, GTA is the car. Yeah. And moving forward, I'm sure when we talk about what a car you need and a car you want. An electric Alfa may
0: will be a car that everybody will want. Yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely in line for a Tonale when they uh, when they come along. My... we should really get back to the GTAM. I'm
1: um, really interested. What was your what, what was your
0: thoughts when you drove it on road? Well, Darren spoiled the day for me by quite because okay. when I picked it up, he said, "Where are you going to drive it?" So I told him. He said, "You really want to take it to to Wales?" And I said, "Well, yes, Darren, but I've got to have it back by four thirty, but there's no way that's going <laughs> to happen." I, I I think that was the only only disappointment was I don't. The the route that we went on was perfect for photo- photography, so but you weren't able to drive the car, you know, in, in the way that it was designed to be driven. Mm-hmm. So it it was a bit of a shame that I. It definitely feels, you know, the combination of the extra power and the, and the lower weight, you can feel it. It definitely yeah. feels more responsive and sharper than a than a Quadrifoglio, which is you know, already pretty fantastic. Yeah, but it, it would be nice one day to get one somewhere where you can actually really explore
1: the. The differences. It means, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to say that because you know, Quadrifoglio is an amazing handling car. There's, there's no doubt about it. But GTA genuinely, you know, when you know, I I've driven back to back on you know on track or on road, you know, you, you notice that difference like that the turning, the sharpness of the front end on GTA is, is for, for for a front engine rear wheel drive saloon car is 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 unbelievably good. Yeah, and that direction change of 40 miles on that doesn't really differ if, if you're doing 40 or 120 miles on track. It from a from a kind of the senses you have through your through through your your your, your ears, your eyes, your hands, and your bum. What, what the other thing I found really really intuitive was if the car was going to start to lose traction, I could feel it through my bum yeah. before the car would do it. So in terms of confidence, and this is the feedback I had from a, a lot of the customers who drove car on road, is that it gives you so much confidence to want to drive the car quicker and harder, and it's really hard to explain. Every time I drive the car, like it does something else that just blows my mind. Yeah. Clearly I'm biased because I work for Alfa Romeo. But you know, I've been lucky enough to, to kind of to to drive a lot of a lot of really nice cars. But in terms of that feeling and that engagement and that feedback whilst you're driving and the confidence it then gives you, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing piece. I think the thing that, that surprised me most was
0: I was expecting it to be, you know, noticeably stiffer and more raw and for the there to be more road noise from the mm-hmm. the plastic rear windows and and all of those kind of things. And it's it's every bit as refined as a you know a Veloce Ti when you when you're not pushing it. Um,
1: and yeah, then you've and got, it in, you just, got it in advanced eco. You're um, in, you know, advanced eco and automatic listen to radio too. You know in the in the in the slow lane on the M4 or whatever, or on an A road. Even even,
0: even in dynamic on on a motorway, it's just it's yeah.
1: really really refined and which is surprising. And that's and that's the other big thing yeah. is that it's a, it's that it's a car that you genuinely. Could drive to work every day. Yeah. And I don't think you, you know, it's not a car that, you know, I've, I've sat in the car for, for long periods of time, either, you know, driving it or being driven and, you know, get out fine. You know, the seats are, are, are way more comfortable than you expect them to be. You know, fixed back bucket, carbon bucket seat, you think, you know, crikey, you know, I'm going to have to go and see the car- chiropractor um, after, after I've been in the car. But genuinely, no, they're, you know, and not, and
0: they're very, very good. My last question. I mean, I think the company talked about it being a, a, a birthday present to our fisty, which is, is nice, but we all know that a big part of what it was, was a, was a halo car to get people excited about the brand and, and people who couldn't afford a GTA or GTA M to buy a Quadrifoglio or, or a Veloce or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, and it must be really difficult given the climate we're in and, you know, what's been happening with chip shortages and, and everything else, which has disrupted the the market completely. But are we seeing any evidence yet that that it's having an effect? That it is pulling customers in to buy? I won't use the word lesser.
1: Other other, yes, alpha other models. Other there are no less than alphas. No, yeah, all alphas are made equal, right? Apart from the Arna. Um. <laughs> oh, in Jeff got's going to be all over me now. The, yeah, but uh, like the, the, the boxy thing, the Arna's right on my street. But it's, 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 it's really <laughs> well the but, um, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, it's not even. That people that maybe can't afford GTA, but in terms of how how they plan to use a car, like I said earlier, you know, GTA is not for everyone the same as a, Stelvio is not for everyone the same as a Juliette is not for everyone the same as a, you know, 155 is not for everyone, you know, but actually on on, on understanding GTA, and then talking about, you know, what the car has been developed from, we're talking about Juno platform, or, um, you know, Stelvio is actually, okay, well, that actually suits my needs better. So, how I can, how I foresee using this car, Julia Control is the better car for me. I'm like, fantastic. Okay, let's, 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 let's do that route. Or, okay, for whatever reason, GTA is not going to work, but you know, Stelvio, or as you say, Julia Veloce, or whatever. I mean, I've had some. Amazing conversations with people about cars. I mean, I've spoken to 600 people about GTA, um, you know, and I've had some 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 really interesting conversations in terms of you know their car history and kind of what's made them look at GTA. And, 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 and quite early on, you know, we've we've had the discussion to kind of say, well, maybe this isn't, isn't 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 the right car for you. And then they've gone on to 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 inquire at a dealer, and I've passed their details onto a dealer, and they've bought they've bought, they've bought a Halo Effect. A million percent it has had a huge impact on a lot of people. And their consideration for their next car. So even if GTA is not right for them, or they decide against GTA, you know, or company car, or family car, or you know, daily drive, or whatever it might be, Alfa Romeo is 100% on their radar. You know, and, and people that I've not spoken to in a year have have, have called or texted or, or or emailed me to say, oh, so I'm, "I'm in the market for this now. Can you think you can help on?" You know, that's non-GTA. That's another Alfa Romeo. So it's mega. And 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 those people that, are, that I've, I've spoken to and we start start talking about the cars that they, they might have looked at other similar cars from elsewhere but once they start understanding a kind of bit more about the history about alfa romeo and kind of where you know the quadrifoglio badge comes from and all this other kind of stuff you, you can you can almost hear them getting getting emotionally you know attached to the brand before they've even bought a car which is which is which is fantastic and from my perspective in terms of my role within alfa romeo and and, and the brand for gta I genuinely, can't ask for
0: anything more. Oh, and when you look at some of the other limited edition cars that have been done in the last couple of years, Jaguar's Project is the one that springs immediately to mind. Where no nobody knows exactly how many they sold, but but we know it was less than the three hundred they they planned to make. To not only sell them all, but to get that kind of halo effect is is
1: the most you could ever want, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to sell to sell out and still have people that want to buy a car. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a great position to be in, and yeah, to be able to then sell other models off the back of that, it's yeah, it's 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 it's, it's amazing.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you for making the time this this afternoon, and indeed for for providing the car for the the stand at the uh, the NEC Classic motor Show and and coming along to to chat to some members that was absolutely brilliant thanks very much James
1: well look, looking forward to it I'm hoping to see lots of boxy cars from the 70s and 80s
0: episode 46 will be available to download from 130 p.m from the club's website YouTube iTunes Podbean and everywhere else good podcasts are found but until then stay safe.